This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 7 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Index Fund Advisors, IFA.com. Horsemanship Radio is part of the family of Horse Radio Network. Today we have Monty Roberts. He's going to do for us, of course, a year in review. Catch up with Monty and then a little bit of a look forward to 2014. Thank you for supporting our sponsors to make this show possible. This is Debbie Laux, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Horsemanship Radio airs the 15th and the 30th of the month. I have my producer, Glenn the Geek, with me here today. Hey, I'm so excited. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. That's right. Or on the verge of it if they're really listening on December 30th. Right, or, or it's already passed. But in either case, Happy New Year. Can't believe it's 2014 already. And I'm so excited because in two days... Uh, yeah. Jennifer and I look forward to every year watching the Tournament of Roses Parade. Oh, so uh, that's coming up on the 1st and right down the street from you, actually. Not too it far. is. Yeah. And, yep, they've, they've been participated in the past, too. It is cold. You'll be glad you're in Florida watching it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys been in it before? Yeah, twice with all the Mustangs. Uh, that was, you know, if you if they review the uh, episode with Ada Gates, she told just a little That's bit right. about the the That's Rose right. Parade and the and the Mustangs that had literally they came off the the adoption truck in July and they were walking the streets in with a on January one and they were screaming with a million <laughs> and dragons blowing and you know all, a silly string it's amazing what they were asked to do and they were troopers and you know they didn't have a nail in their shoe, hoof they they had no shoes because they they were able to put on these little booty things especially for them and so they remained not wild but mustangs the way they came out of the the uh, adoption truck, and huh. they were amazing. Yeah, and the only thing that uh, bothered them a little bit were the manhole covers, you know, because they just yes. look a little different. <laughs> if that's all that bothers them, with their well, you know, I'm a driver, so we drive on the roads a lot, and uh, I can tell you that spots on the road, anything that uh, patches, you know, like macadam patches, anything like that, the driving horses look at. I mean, they yeah. just. They're not going to step in something they're not supposed to step in. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> well, that's exciting. You know, uh, we had uh, we did it. We do a special episode in the Stable Scoop Radio Show every year for the tournament parade, and we get people who are going to be in the parade, and we get the organizers on. And the organizers came out, and she mentioned Ada. Uh, Ada Gates uh-huh. and and how she does the farrier, you know, looks after the horses on the highway the night before when they're getting ready. So, oh, yeah, it's yeah. true, right on the road. I mean, they literally, a lot of people come uh, the day before and they don't go to sleep. They just literally park in that big line and you, just the behind the scenes is amazing. But, uh, you know, most yeah, people... Yeah, the coordination with the, with the thousands of kids from the bands and everything else oh, must yeah. be something else. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, kids who've never stepped in poop before and, yeah. you know, they're all worried about that. There's <laughs> all those things that go on. And I, I must tell you that a lot of the horses, you know, they, they give them a little something to take the edge off. Uh, but when, when Monty and Pat and the whole group, mom and dad, were um, in the parade, they 
They did nothing of the sort. And those horses, you know, I think we're better off because of it, because they just uh, were alert and happy and not feeling weird. But they were so excited when they finally got to move. You know, you have to stand in line for hours. Oh, it's terrible. And it's freezing, freezing cold. You'd think in California wouldn't be that cold, but there must be something that keeps all those flowers fresh. Yeah, it it seems like it's either cold or rainy. You know, on on uh, on the it day for the tournament. Very runs. often, but you know, they pray. They they do every every dance and prayer that they can. To, well, it's still <laughs> on my bucket list to be in the the uh, rose parade. So that's uh, still on my bucket list. And every year, I say I'm going to get out, get that accomplished. And I have like a hundred invitations from the different groups because we know them all. Uh, but uh, I haven't done it yet. I got to do that one of these days. Please do, please do, and come tell us on the radio what that was like. So I can I give my queen wave. That's right. Yes, the parade way. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited too because we have the rare opportunity to spend some time with your dad today doing a a little review of 2013 and then looking forward to 2014. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's a great way to uh, end the year with a nice, I mean, what a busy year he's had and and been able to do so many things at 78 years old. Uh, and he will tell you, so I'm not telling anything out of school here, um, <laughs> that uh, he has been able to uh, continue to work with wild horses the world over. I mean, the traveling alone would get most 78 years. I, I hope <laughs> I am, have half the amount of energy and health that he has at 78. Exactly. Totally blessed. And uh, so we'll hear a little bit about that and then uh, a little bit about his plans for 2014. Just very little because we didn't want to get him too tired thinking about what he had to yeah. do in 2014. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, then right after this uh, message from Index Fund Advisors, we'll hear from Monty Roberts. Hi, I'm Mark Hebner, president of Index Fund Advisors and proud owner of Monty Roberts Willing Partners graduate. He's a sugar bear. <laughs> You know, investment portfolios are a lot like horses. You need to find one that best suits you, your temperament, and your stage of life. Some people might like an energetic horse and an aggressive investment portfolio, while others are more comfortable with a gentle ride and a more conservative investment portfolio. The trick is to find the one that's right for you. That's what Index Fund Advisors is all about matching people with portfolios, risk-appropriate, low-cost, and globally diversified investment portfolios. You can find the right portfolio for you by taking the Risk Capacity Survey at ifa.com. That's IFA as an index fund advisors. Or you can call us toll-free at 888-643-3133. That's 888-643-3133. Three one three three. Welcome back, Monty Roberts. Hi, Dad. Hello. Hey, you know what? We are so excited because we just jumped off a plane, and it's here we are. It's the end of 2013. I don't know how that happened, but we want to do a bit of a year in review uh, conversation together. You could well, that's that? okay, but you're not going to get a year end review out of me. That's more than 10 or 15% of what I've done because I can't even it's remember true. what I've done. It's been unbelievable. That's and so true. I was thinking that two months, maybe. The people aren't going to believe what, I, what I've completed in, in this past year. They're not going to believe it. It's, it. I don't believe it myself. <laughs> when you stop and think about all the places I visited, all the things that have happened, 
it's just overwhelming, Debbie. And when I got off the plane yesterday, I guess it was, or day before, whatever, um, from Brazil, you went one way, I went another way, and we were. I haven't stopped working since I got back. I mean, I love what I do, but it's just wild what's going on. Um, so let's fire away. Yeah. So I, I, I'm with you, man. I can't remember past September or so, but <laughs> behind yeah. that. But yeah, I know. I think one of the last times we talked, you were headed to Australia, something like that. So you had a Monty special training in <laughs> August, and then you went to Australia. Tell it. You got to tell us about Gay Waterhouse, though. Yeah. It, Australia was August, wasn't it? And yep. um, ran into the 1st of September and then mid-September off to England to start the whole fall thing. That's but right. um, the Waterhouse thing in Sydney in August was to go there and um, work for a horse for the Queen. Mm-hmm. The Queen had a horse there called the Carlton House. And Carlton House is a very valuable horse that was third in the English Derby only because of some problems at the starting stalls. And I was to go there and work with him. And when I got there, he had a big quarter crack on one hind foot, and he was barely able to walk. And so I couldn't work with Carlton House. And I, I'm there for 10 days, booked for 10 days. So what do I do? Well, I train the team as best I can on other horses to be ready for Carlton House when he's physically able to do it. So Gay Waterhouse is a type A unbelievable lady that is going 20 hours a day like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you know, we start at 3.30 in the morning and we have to have everything trained by 8.30 in the morning. And uh, so you set your clock for 3 and we'll pick you up at 3.30 at the hotel and then at 3, 8, 3.45 you'll be at the training track and um, I'm going to offer you 20 horses per morning to work with. And I'm thinking, holy moly, this is a new <laughs> existence. And so I did. I worked with 20 horses per morning for 10 days with Gay Waterhouse. And one of those horses was uh, one called Fiorenta. Yeah. And Fiorenta is a boy horse that was entered in the Melbourne Cup. And he had a problem at the starting stalls. And so we went to work, and I didn't know Fiorenta from a hill of beans and there was mm. there were so many that it was hardly noticeable when they went through you know but this was the important horse that was entered in the big race mm-hmm. well we got him right and he went off with a student of mine down to melbourne from sydney and uh, he managed to run in the melbourne cup and he won the melbourne cup for a purse of 3 million 400,000 that's right Australian dollars, which is about That's equal to, yeah, about equal yeah. to American dollars now, U.S. dollars. That's right. So it's the biggest win that I've ever accomplished. Huh? There you go. There, I was going to say, how important is that race? Well, it was the most important purse that I've ever been involved in. And then I'm hearing now about a whole slug of horses that improved after I was there, and I'm, we're supposed to go back in February and I'm supposed to go through the starting process. And at the moment, I just walked out of the round pen a few minutes ago with um, with Ryan Pendergast, who is from Gay Waterhouse's stables, and she's sending him up here now to work with me. And he just did a fantastic join-up in the first mm-hmm. rider and first yeah. saddle on a horse in the round pen. Bad. So we're trying to team-build now. 
to get Gay Waterhouse on the right track. Um, she she is the historically the number one trainer to ever have existed in Australia, and has won every big race and some of them five or six times over. In fact, there is another race, a two-year-old race um, down there that she's won six times, and it's the largest purse in the world, uh, more than three million four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to be responsible for that possibly in the future, and all of that's very exciting. But that was August. That was August, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was a good thing you influenced then. And you, uh, you, you got them from forcing the horses into the starting gate to uh, getting them excited to go through the starting gate. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and the whole mentality there in Australia is, how do you get them to go faster out of the starting stones? How do you get them to get in it faster? All of that, you know. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Slow down now. How do you cause them to want to do it? Right. And that's what we're doing is causing the horses to want to do it. Keep them happy. They will perform better. You'll do your job better if you do it because you want to than you ever will because you're afraid not to. That's right. So that's, right. that's the mentality. Good. And then September, I remember yeah. that you went into a Horse Sense and Soldiers weekend as well. I did. And it was great. And we had a wonderful man here from Alaska who actually, um, coincidentally, trained English pilots. But he was one of the fantastic pilots of our Air Force uh, during the last conflicts. And um, came home. I mean, he's a very highly educated guy and, and a big, handsome guy came home and, and married his sweetheart and everything seemed like was going well. And then he realized that he was still fighting a war in the night, waking up in cold sweats and all sorts of things. Um, and he's coming back today to be with us tonight and then three days at my next clinic. But he has written through some things for Her Majesty and for myself to explain how well it's going for PTSD victims in our clinics. And I say PTSD because that's what the psychiatrists call it, but it's not PTSD because it's not a disorder. Mm-hmm. It's an injury. And so I want to call it PTSI because an injury will heal. An injury can be fixed. A disorder is something that seems to be more permanent. And the, the troopers themselves, they don't like to hear disorder. They, an injury is a lot more palatable to them. Mm-hmm. So he comes back tonight, and I have about 20 um, military people ready for the next three days starting tomorrow. Uh, we have the PTSI clinic, mm-hmm. three mm-hmm. days finishing on Sunday. Yeah. And we did that in, in September. September, and then immediately after that, I was on a plane to go to England. Right. And, and you, I went to England, mm-hmm. and I had a tour in England of 10 uh, venues, but I also started all the babies for the Queen for this particular year. So we had a double-edged sword in that the venues are generally uh, weekends, and then I would work throughout the week with babies uh, for the Queen. And we had some fantastic uh, things happen this year with babies that were moving along and 
when I left there, all of them were going through the starting stall already and carrying their rider at a walk, trot, and canter. And um, it just went super, super well. Mm-hmm. Um, the venues themselves, 10 of them, constituted, in my opinion, from a horse's standpoint, the best uh, tour that I've ever done. Really? Um, the responses were absolutely fantastic from these horses. And I think we have probably about 10 very good uh, subjects for the online university out of that particular uh, tour. It it was incredible how the horses responded to me. And I don't know, I think the older I get, uh, the better I get, like, like some wine or something. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just been fantastic to watch these horses uh, respond to me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, I also had other things to do. I, I on one week I flew out and went over to to Helsinki in Finland, and Sorry. did two thousand people uh, in the audience there for a demonstration evening, which went extremely well. That's a huge and, show. I think hundreds of thousands of people attend that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. immediately after that uh, tour in England, I went off to Germany to Gestuferhof where it was my 23rd year to start all the babies for that German operation, which this particular year marks the 32nd championship of our, of our 22 years. And I'm just overwhelmed. They were this year that one of the championships was the leading breeder. Another championship was the leading owner. Another Mm -hmm. championship was the trainer who has trained more winners than anybody, any other trainer in, uh, in Germany. And the second trainer that we use won the most money. So there were two championships <laughs> right there. And, Top of the um, heap. It just goes on and on. Uh, the horses are just doing beautifully. And we had one of the Queen's uh, managers, farm managers there, with me in Germany, That's who right. wrote her observations of that particular session of 16 days that particular session she wrote things like she had never seen anything like it before it ran like a swiss clock Uh, no horse was touched with a whip no horse was yelled at no horse bucked with a rider no rider fell down all horses went on the track at a walk trot and canter and through the stalls before the 16 days were up and um it just goes on and on like that uh i just couldn't be happier with the way things are going Mm-hmm. It works. Look at that. Yeah, and I came back from Germany to England to go back to Polehampton to work with the, the little weanlings of the Queen. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I had an hour and ten minute visit with her, which disturbed a lot of the security people and stuff. <laughs> it was supposed only, to be an hour. It was only right? supposed to be 20 minutes per, oh. per, uh, 20 minutes per, per visit. And she just breaks all the rules, turns the phones off and stuff. And uh, we're doing a lot of things together that are are just, um, if the world knew what an influence she was for good, Mm -hmm. it would just be overwhelming. The people, she so undersells herself, Mm -hmm. uh, she won't take credit for anything, but this lady is doing so much good in the world, it's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Horses and people, too. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. How many times did you get to meet with her in the fall? I think it was a couple. Yeah, no, three times, three. and um, but that one was um, 
over an hour, an hour and 10 minutes. And uh, the other two were about 20-minute visits. But when she gets up to Sandringham, <clears throat> sometimes I can spend two or three hours with her just walking around the, the place and stuff and talking about the various things that we're doing. Oftentimes it's not about horses at all, but about um, therapeutic riding or, or it's about uh, the police or, you know, domestic abuse centers and schools and things like that mm -hmm. because she encourages me to work with people just as much as she does to work with horses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, you know, people might not know that much about how you use horses to affect people's lives. Maybe people have read Horse Sense for People, but a lot of, this is Horsemanship Radio, a lot of us are all about the horses. How does that, how does that work for you? How does it work? It's it's no different, Debbie. Children and horses are virtually the same in behavioral science uh, era or, or genre. Um, mm. I I just think that uh, every every child is a flight animal. Every child wants no violence in their life, and they want um, love. They want attention. They want security, safety, and that's the same as the horses want. And when we meet their needs. Uh, it's incredible, and they will be our partners for any effort that we choose, and they love to do it. Just mm -hmm. just watch these um, barrel racing horses and these race horses go give you every ounce of energy they have to do the thing that uh, they've come to love to do if it's done without violence. And right. uh, it's it's absolutely exciting to to watch it happen. I just got off the phone with a company from Canada that comes here on January the 15th, and they wanted to know what they were going to learn. And we mm -hmm. had a great conversation about helping corporations, and um, I'm excited about meeting with them on January the 15th. And they provide things in the oncology world. They cure cancer. Wow. So yeah. um, th that, that'll be good. And, you know, I was traveling, Debbie, uh, with uh, three bags, Equipment yeah. bags and, and clothes and everything, three bags. 70 pounds each. 210 pounds yeah. of, of baggage with me for this trip, plus carry-ons, so it is actually about 250 pounds. Mm. And uh, I left uh, Heathrow uh, in, in London to go to D.C. to change planes, and you've got to go through customs and immigration there, so I put my bags back on the belt, to send them off to Sao Paulo, Brazil, where I was to yeah. meet uh, with you and, mm. and be there for two weeks. So I got to Brazil, and I got one bag. Yeah, two one out of three. <laughs> and uh, they, they tore one up, and they finally got, us, got me my extra two bags. Yeah, the joys but of traveling. I think I've, I think I've come through the, the entire 80 days with all of that stuff and all those plane connections and everything. Uh -huh. And the only thing I can see that I lost was <laughs> one cereal bar. I love, <laughs> I love those cereal bars and it was oh, my last one and I was saving it for a treat for myself. Oh, and I time think, to go home. I think I lost it. And in your duffel bag, I hope I have my oh. English caps because okay. um, if, it, I may have lost. I may have lost an English cap too, but it, <laughs> not bad be, for 2014. <laughs> it'll all be seen too in the in in the future. But uh, my word, it was an amazing 80 days, wasn't it? When yeah. we got to Brazil, and particularly the day they surprised me with the 
military police there. Yeah. Um, it, it just marks a fulcrum in my life to find out that the military police, 100,000 strong, mm-hmm. um, are responsible for, on World Cup Day in Sao Paulo, Brazil, responsible for 20 million people. Unbelievable. 100,000 yeah. of them. And they celebrated in 2010, they celebrated their 100th anniversary of this work that they do. They are the police. And um, and they gave us a book with 100 years, and it shows the incredible violence that these police mm-hmm. learned and executed uh, through the early years. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until about a year ago that one of my students uh, offered them the man who listens to horses and horse sense for people as a guideline to taking the violence out of dealing with the people um, as police officers. Um, and in fact, the incredible violence that they talked about police officer to police officer right. was just overwhelming. Uh, they they tried to drown these police officers, uh, they put them through the most rigorous stuff, and they actually killed a lot of them. Yeah, uh, hazing in, in and the, bullying. and uh-huh. Yeah, the, the, in the process of making them police officers, they right. thought, um, they were literally killing them. And um, so when I found out that they used my two books to completely change their mental outlook, their mindset... It was just overwhelming, and you were there, Debbie, when they stood yeah, it was an honor. 500, what? Yeah, it was an honor, total honor. Five, 500 cadets standing in front of me, s- saluting me as their mentor, and I, I didn't even know it was going on, but they were using my concepts to change their entire process of policing 20 million people. Yeah, that, and, was, um, that was emotional. It was. That was. Yeah, and then they gave me a bunch of medals to pin on my chest. <laughs> all this stuff, like I'd really done something. But I do want to do something for them now. And and meeting with the family down there that we met with, too. Um, right. The second wealthiest family in South America brought me in to talk about legacy building and, and transitioning generation to generation, keeping the company together and stuff like that. So, What's uh, left for 2014? Do we just quit here? I mean, have we, yeah, have we done I'm it? Yeah, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I'm going to go fishing. Tie, Tie a string toe. to your toe. Yeah, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Time to go fishing. I don't think so. I, I saw a pretty, pretty packed calendar for 2014. You want to hit some highlights? Well, I know in in um, February I'm to go back to Australia for Gay Waterhouse, and then later in February, inching into March, uh, I, I do a tour of England again, and I'm dealing with the filly over there for the Queen that is quite remarkable that I can't really talk about that much, um, but it's a filly that was a gift to her from the Aga Khan, and... Um, so it's it's quite a thing. I can't really go into the details, but it is just take it from me. It's exciting, and maybe someday okay. she'll she'll win something that then we can tell the story. We can brag on it. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and then we go back to um, Germany for a tour of Germany in April, and uh, I don't even know after that, Debbie. 
You know, we'll just get tired if we talk about it beyond that. Yeah. I think. But yeah. you've got, you know, it's exhausting. Martin Clunes, I know, is coming. I think it's March 15th that you'll have Martin Clunes out there. Uh, oh, maybe man. people don't he know him by that name. He, Doc Martin, a lot of people have watched yeah, him on Doc TV Martin. as a vet. It, it, he's our, you know, that this last year we lost um, John Forsythe. Yeah. Uh, a friend of ours here in the San Inez Valley and, and a guy that I worked with a lot and just the nicest man, John Forsyth. Um, he was Charlie of Charlie's Angels and right. Dynasty, uh, all, all of that stuff, you know, and a real gentleman. And Martin Clunes is the reincarnation of, of um, John Forsyth, and uh, I will be with him at the hand in Somerset in southern England um, in March. And, is he going to um, bring his big Clydesdales? Is he going to have? Yeah, some- I think so. Yeah, yeah. he has. He has a pair of Ronnie and Bruce. That's it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pair of Clydesdales. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know we're helping some people with horse show horses over there too. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a tremendous year with uh, Pearly King, who uh, was last year's Hoy's champion, Supreme champion, ridden horse. Horse and of then the year. went on, yeah. and then went on to the international championships, including all of Europe, and uh, was supreme champion there too. Right. And then I, I worked with the Underwood family, and they won three championships at the Horse of the Year show. So, yeah. so um, when people when people look at your calendar, they don't always see those little in between things you're doing, as if you're not busy enough. You're actually. Yeah. Working yeah, there's quite a, few, quite a few in-between things. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that skeptic that's sitting up there saying, oh, he trained these horses before he worked with them, anybody could see that. Mm-hmm. If they look at my calendar, you'd have yeah. to ask yourself, what day did he use to train those horses? Exactly. Uh, Doing nothing between so, 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. apparently. <laughs> yeah. No, no, impossible. No, the horses are, are verifying and, and uh, they seem to be getting happier and happier, don't they? Yep. And I Debbie, think, I think we've got everybody sufficiently tired out now. Yeah, um, they're exhausted as well as we are. Well, we're looking I've forward to a, it. So this is a great end of the year review and uh, and something to look forward to uh, going into 2014. And more work with the veterans, more work with the children, more work with the horses, lots more work with the horses. Huh? Yeah. 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 Good. Yep. Good. And well, I've got thanks for to do this afternoon. So yeah. Okay. Well, we'll let you go. But we we thank you for visiting with us and and giving us our year end. It was important. Did to you have do. a good time with Sandy Collier? Sandy Collier was awesome. People will have heard that by now. She came out on December 15th, and uh, she's a smart, smart gal. And I love what she's doing for her industry too. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Thank you, thanks Debbie. for stopping by. Talk thank to you. you love again. ya. Hi. I'm Monty Roberts, and I know that I'm transforming the lives of horses globally. You can learn to do it too on my Equus Online University. There's a new lesson on there each week, all the way from join up to advanced. Watch world's champions give their lessons. Join at MontyRoberts.com. Go to my Equus Online University. You can transform your horse too. Next up, we have a training tip from Joe Camp. Thank you, Joe Camp, for coming back to give us a little bit more on horsemanship. And um, I'm going to ask you for, from your gut, what's a tip? What is something that you've learned in horsemanship that you would like to share with us? 
Well, yeah, I think my number one tip always starts with relationship first, as as money does. Put the relationship first by the horse's own choice. But that said, as important, as, if, if not more so, is if you don't ever, ever do anything that could cause the horse to fear you. That's good. You will be so, so much better off because the, the, this is a flight animal, and I, we all know that, you know, they get wacky with, you know, tarps and bags and this and that, but it's a built-in genetic thing that has the only reason that we know what a horse is is that that fear quotient is built in and that's what keeps them safe in the wild. They react first and ask questions later. Mm-hmm. And when you do something that causes fear and the horse relates that fear to you, and as Dr. Miller always says, that you know the, the horse remembers everything. Everything mm-hmm. you do, you're either teaching them something good or teaching them something bad. Mm-hmm. And if you do the least little thing, and this all, this all kind of began for me with... Uh, you know Kelly Marks, of course, in in in, in England, Monty's super duper protege over there that, that helps him when he That's right. he's over there touring and so forth. When she went down, Monty didn't want him to, want her to do this. She went down to Namibia, uh, which is which is south. <laughs> I can't ever pronounce it right, but it's in South Africa, kind of west of the country, South Africa, and found a herd of horses that had never ever seen a human, never mind had any interaction with a human. She wanted some horses with absolutely clean slates to go down and to see if she could join up with and start just like any other horse. And it's the most amazing thing. It's on video, and it is, uh, uh, I don't have the link in front of me, but if you just Google Kelly Marks and African horses, you know, you'll find it. I mean, it's 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 incredible. It's an hour documentary, actually, uh, that that they did. She went in. She never rides first. She has a rider, you know, like Money does, because she's mm-hmm. talking to the people when she's doing clinics and demos and things, and mm-hmm. she doesn't. She can't take care of herself while she's trying to pay attention to talking to the people, and so mm-hmm. she always gets up gets them up to the point of riding and then puts somebody else on the horse so that she can keep talking. And in this case, she went down there and she, they, they isolated a stallion, bachelor stallion, not one that had a family, and brought him in. And, you know, I, we don't have enough time to go through what she did, but it was just absolutely yeah. beautiful. I mean, and, and the way she approached it was the, they had named this horse Muddy Waters because he would come up to the to the watering place and and splash the water out until he got mud on the ground and then roll in it. And so <laughs> the first thing she did was roll out there with a big old tub of water and dump it in the, in the, uh, uh, the paddock that they had built. And then went walked over to a chair and sat down and just started talking to him. Yeah, and he came that's over your nugget. Immediately yeah. smelled that water, rolled in it. He he, he had to be yeah. saying, "Hey, she's cool. I can go for this." And <laughs> so she she got to the riding point with him very quickly, and she decided she was going to do it herself. This horse, anything went. It was all beautiful. She was rubbing her ears, his ears, and doing all this all this stuff. 
that you can't do with a lot of domestic horses, you know, years in. And so they thought they had a fluke. And so they went out and they got another one and brought it back. And she let her rider ride this one after they brought him up to the point and so forth. And it was exactly the same thing. Both of these horses had completely clean slates, having never been around humans before. They had nothing to fear. It could be a deer or a rabbit or a human. It's all the same to them until you give them a reason to fear. And once you give them that reason, they're never going to forget it. And when you don't give them that reason and you give them time in the beginning through join-up or no-agenda time, as we call it, and things like whatever, to let them make the choice to be, to say that, you know, they trust you. They trust you to be their leader. Uh, And it all changes. It all changes. That's wonderful. That's wonderful, Joe. I appreciate that. That is golden, and we will take that to heart. Thank you again for joining us, coming back, giving us a tip, and and sharing a little bit about your life and your heart with us. It is my pleasure, and any time. Thank you, Joe and Benji. (laughs) Bye now. Appreciate it. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, in Solvang, California, January 25. Coming right up now, you'll have a chance to have a night of inspiration with Monty and Pat at Flag is Up Farms in Solvang, California. And then the next day, there is a workshop, a personal development workshop that he calls Life Lessons. And it's based on the chapters of The Man Who Listens to Horses. You can find more information at www.montyroberts.com or by calling the main corporate phone number, which is 805-688-6288 in California. And anybody else who wants any more information, please write to admin at montyroberts.com. For details about today's show, go to horsemanshipradio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. Don't forget that you can listen to all the past episodes there. So it's, it is the end of the year. We, you know, we kind of reflect. So make a resolution that you go back and listen to all the episodes from, from episode <laughs> one. And as always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under facebook.com slash Monty Roberts and at Twitter at twitter.com slash Monty underscore Roberts. And many thanks to our sponsors. Thank you most to IFA.com this year. Happy New Year. Be sure that you visit all our other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. And until next time, have many happy horse hours. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. 